up, dog? What up, girl? There's my girl letting us know this meeting is being recorded. I know. She did it to me, too. Just It's like fucking government interference again, I think. What? Very kind of her and considerate, I think, that she would uh, that she would go to the trouble of letting us know every single time that this meeting is being recorded. Too many people are getting caught jerking off on here, probably, without them really. Bad news. It's recorded, you know. So thanks, thanks. In case in case that was going to happen, based on who we have in here today, which is I know you're you're gushing to talk to him, no pun intended. Because oh, oh man, his I uh, music is the shit. His music. Man, um, this is a dude who I think is a very meticulous artist. I think that he is, you know, a lot of times on this show, and I'm sure that I'll, I'll repeat this when we get him in here. A lot of times I sort of ask musicians like what the plan was going into this. Was there like some sort of statement of intent or whatever? Yeah. And a lot of times the answer is, you know, we just kind of did whatever came out, which I respect I, you know, it's, it's not at all a bad answer, but I know pretty much for a fact, let me say that I'll be very surprised if this gentleman is not one of those people who went into his project, into this particular band with a very specific set of goals. Um, and as far as a listener perspective goes, I can't imagine him not having hit those goals because they put out one bad motherfucker of a record, man. Absolutely timeless death metal record. That way it was your favorite for the year, right? That's when I was introduced to it. When you gave me your year end list, we put it on deathcomesliftingcom It was fucking number one. And that I've been listening to it since then. So thank you for that. Absolutely, man. I, uh, I fucked up a workout today too, too, like hard. It was nasty. I, I took it, I took it running today myself. I love um, to do that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's a great way. I think, especially if it's something that's been out for a little while, you know, when we talk to somebody about it, I think it's a really great way to get reacquainted with, um, with something that you maybe haven't heard in a while, or maybe to try and find a different context for something. And this is a record that I've, I've listened to like in thought, I've listened to it on the road. I've listened to it while I've done other things and I've listened to it Shit, I was listening to this in the gym when gyms were still a thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But this, I've, this, I put a lot of miles on this CD since I got it, and since the uh, the EP that came before it as well. Um, and I cannot wait to talk to this dude. It's a gentleman by the name of Kyle Rasmussen. He is from a band called Vitriol. And Vitriol is knocking on the door. Bring that Kyle. motherfucker in here. Sorry to keep him waiting. If we kept him waiting. Ah, there he is. He's connecting to audio. Hello. Hello, hello. There he is. We got him. How you doing, man? Not too bad. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. We can hear you. We can see yeah. you. Um, it's really great to have you here today, man. I'm Schuler. I'm the dude that you've been talking to on the, uh, on the Instagrams, and I'm joined here today by my bud, Zach, from Death Comes Lifting. Hey, Kyle. Hello, sir. Nice to meet you, Zach. Nice, nice to meet you. Sorry I was a minute late, man. Thanks for waiting. Oh, that's okay. Hey, I, I work from home, so it's I'm very flexible. Awesome. Nice. That's all good. Well, yeah, jumped, good I mean, go ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say it's good to meet you in sort of person. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, uh, this is kind of as close as it gets for right now, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but hopefully we're going to remedy that sometime in the near future. We'll just have to see what happens. This is about like fingering level intimacy for post COVID. Yes, this is uh, this is like 
This is like that uh, that faded part on the line between home plate and first base. Yes. Um, where you're not, you haven't quite made that progress yet. It's not a landmark yet, right? Yeah. But you're on your way. And I feel but like you're going right to hope your homies are generous enough at the lunchroom table to at least let you believe it for a moment. You're that Correct. close Absolutely. enough. I can already tell that this is going to go really well, man. <laughs> um, how are you? How are you doing? I'm well. Uh, I'm real well at the moment. Yeah, I'm just uh, generally or, or in this exact moment in time. I mean, I guess it's all really kind of wherever your mind goes, but I will just say um, one of the reasons I ask is because I, I saw a post on Instagram either today or yesterday, man, of a spelt looking motherfucker. Um, and I was going to see if maybe you wanted to talk a little bit about that journey. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's a journey that's still continuing. So absolutely. It never ends. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's why that question the last couple of years, honestly, of how, how are you doing has always been being someone that has always, uh, tried to avoid casual dishonesty for the sake of like social lubrication. I never wanted to be that person that was like, yeah, everything's fine. You know, just wanted to, uh, so it's like, you don't, you don't want to be thoughtful about answering that, but uh, it's also, it's just this weird experience of being a more compromised version of, of um, a person I used to be, but I'm very well in the sense that um, there's a strong upwards trajectory and I have, uh, um, I'm able to maintain a, I've been able to achieve a greater level of optimism over the last few months. Um, so it's, it's a struggle, but it's good. I mean, uh, so basically, as you saw in the post, um, uh, 2018, I was uh, lifting weights a lot. And uh, I had some chronic stomach pain I was dealing with the last few years um, that I just, you know, classic case, not having health insurance, just neglecting it. I was like, oh, I'm probably just developing a food allergy, you know, whatever, I'll deal with it. And then one day uh, the pain was uh, fairly severe. The, it was getting worse as I worked out. I didn't really understand why, um, but it, it, long story short is I had, I was dealing with Crohn's disease, which is a oh, inflammatory geez. disease where the okay. lining of your intestine uh, becomes very inflamed and uh, uh, weakened uh, and it's very painful. So one day that uh, the, from uh, extensive flare-ups, uh, my bowel weakened to the point where it, it broke, there was a perforation and that ended uh, that resulted in me being hospitalized. Um, and that was, uh, that itself was a roller coaster. Three months, um, there was one laparoscopic surgery uh, where they removed a part of my bowel, uh, sewed me up. That failed. The surgeon was like, it's the first time in 20 years it's happened to me. It uh, came apart inside of me again. So they had to cut me open again and remove more of my bowel. Um, and 
just a series of, of um, medical mishaps. You know, I had, uh, I almost lost my right arm because they, uh, they, uh, uh, I had a botched IV that was in the vein. It was in my tissue for about three days. And I was so out of it on pain meds that I didn't realize it, but I, I realized about a couple days in, I was like, man, I can't make a fist for some reason. And I looked down and I focused at my hand and my hand looked like a, you know, like a, a swollen hand. <laughs> Very great. Uh, and uh, as I, I still have like scars on my arm because my arm was so swollen that the skin was splitting away from itself because uh, it was just full of fluid, you know? And uh, I had a, uh, um, oh shit, what do they call it? A, uh, the wound in my navel, I'm gonna do some show and tell, if you don't mind, we'll get really personal here. So I used to have a belly button. I'm not sure how well you can see this, but this area here, uh, opened up and uh, turned into a second little asshole. And uh, all my insides started coming out of there. So I got to wear a nice little sack on my belly for for a good month and a half while that was. So it was just, a, it was like a long story short, it's, it's, it's not, it, it was a, it was kind of a wood chipper psychologically and physically. Um, and uh what's that i'm sorry when yeah i would i would think so when did all this take go down this was 2018 so basically what happened we had we had released our ep that was called pain will define their death that was a three-song ep yeah that included songs that ended up on the full length yeah, perfect uh so yeah we released that and right as that was being promoted that's when I was hospitalized um, and that was pretty defeating because I was like, I really wanted to ride the momentum of that. You know, it was self, um, um, uh, when it was released digitally, it was self-promoted. And um, anywho, so I ended up in the hospital. Um, that was three months stay there. Uh, I was 200 pounds when I went into the hospital and I left the hospital at, at 130 pounds. So I lost 70 pounds and uh, I was, you know, that kind of frail where it was, um, you know, holding a guitar was, uh, was an exercise, you know, putting on your fucking shoes as an exercise. Yeah. And I, uh, to make matters worse, I left the hospital with a um, really dependency on pain medication. And so I was, for the next three to four months, I was just in the throes of a um, severe opiate addiction. Um, and it got to the point where uh, luckily it was, it didn't, I'm, I'm grateful it didn't have to get to a point that it does for some people, but, uh, you know, when it, when it got to the, the, when I found myself considering selling, when you find yourself thinking about selling your guitars, stop doing what you're doing. 
you know, like, good advice right there. Yeah, like that's that's if anyone needs a line in the sand for themselves, you want to live fat, you want to do whatever, you want to be reckless. Just if you get to the point where you want to sell your the shit that you make your stuff with, you you're you know you ran you ran out you ran out of uh, runway. So, um, I was big time dreamer, heavy dreamer about the band. And, um, I just knew that it was something that I really had to flex out of. And, uh, um, so I tried to, uh, <laughs> went into, oh, this is actually a good story. It involved Alice in Chains, my, re, my, uh, my, He present for you, Shul? Yeah, he's present for me. Yeah, he's got good. a great smile. This was getting good, dude. He, he'll be back. Dude, he's, he's right. so good, like so well right now. Yeah, yeah. And I like I didn't know that that is kind of what went into the creation of this album. That totally changes a lot of shit about it for yeah, me. It makes me like this album so much more. So fucking yeah, man. dark sound. Let's try it. Let's try it again. He's coming back. He'll come back. Where's he at in the world, do you know? Uh, Portland. He's coming at us from Portland, all right. Portland, Oregon. Good people. Clock is ticking, I don't know. Now's the time when Zach and Schuler talk about Cannibal Corpse. Uh, I guess it's about that time, isn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, um, I, um, I was uh, talking to some people on the tweeters the other day about Chris Barnes and um, how amazing his deliveries were in Cannibal Corpse, and and I was doing my uh, my typical six feet under, like half defense, half I understand that sucks, but I like it anyway, shtick. Yeah, um, and I decided to put together. I guess this is only like tangentially related to Cannibal Corpse, but I decided to put together a Spotify list of six feet under bangers just to silence the haters. Bro, and I'll uh, that shit all day. I put that shit together. Uh, I, well, I've got it on iTunes right now. I'm going to change it over to Spotify like tomorrow or something like that and put that thing up there. And then hopefully motherfuckers will hear it and be like, I should have given this shit a chance. This is wild. You let me know and I'll repost it. To all you know, the freaks out there. Um, I just, I saw him, it, it keeps flashing that he's trying to enter and then it goes away. He must just have a really shitty connection. No hate on Kyle's connection, but he might have a bad connection. Things happen from time to time. I'm just glad the person having a connection issue this time isn't me. Or me. <laughs> Imagine that even if it's late for us and we still didn't fuck it up. So we're doing good, man. I'm proud of you. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. I feel like we're both pretty sharp today. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like tonight is, uh, I mean, I've been stoked about this all day though. So yeah, I'm going really, to be really bummed out if we lost him. Maybe he's got like a cell phone he can fucking call in that way. If you can. Are you, uh, you talking to him? I'm trying to.
Well, we'll get him back. He seems he seems more than happy to be talking to us, so that's nice. And I'm definitely going to have to listen to this album again, knowing all of what we're knowing now with what goes into this. I'm amazed. Oh, man. He's back. The man back. with the mask. Let's see. I just admitted him. Feel weird being the controller. But. There he is. He's back. Brother. Connecting to audio. We'll mark, I should mark down the top. There he is. We got him back. Hey, man. Oh, man. Sorry about that. That's all right. The internet in my house just shit the bed. We were just just talking about how glad we are that uh, the person whose connection is shitting the bed tonight is actually not one of us. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it it never happens. I it was just you know it would it would right now, but uh, yeah, the TV the TV is not worried like nothing's working in the house. So. Well, that's our fault, obviously. So th- thanks yeah. for being with us. Though. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the government. Well, yeah. well, thank God for, for, you know, the future. So you can make a phone call on your fucking refrigerator now. So, yeah, right. We are, yeah. um, we, we are living in back to the future times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dude, we that's were, a hell of getting getting back to where we were. That's a hell of a story. Um, that is that changes a lot of of what I sort of took from Vitriol's debut record when it came out. Mm. Um, and I I got a lot of this. Um, I got a lot out of it at the time. It was an interesting time in my life as well. And I, uh, I also am one of those people who got to a point with painkillers where I was doing things that I regretted. Um, and it's been about oh, 13 wow. years, yeah. about 13 years ago now. Congratulations. Um, oh, thank you, man. Um, but I, as I was listening to the record first, I found the band, um, because I recognized your name and Adam's name from this band that you were in. And, um, I was, you know, I followed that. I was excited about it. I saw that there was a massive change in sound. And as I was listening to the first EP, there were all these fucking flourishes of like, Hate Eternal and Nile and, you know, which is really cool because they're bands that you ended up getting a tour with, right? Um, but I listen to a lot of death metal and it's not that often that I can pick out on first listen enough lyrics that I get really curious about sort of the catalyst behind a lot of this stuff. And I feel like a lot of the work that you have put into this has been very emotional. There's obviously a whole lot of poetic license in there. Um, I wanted to see if maybe, you know, factoring in the experience of, um, having gone through what you did in the hospital, um, and whatever sort of ongoing stuff came with that, like, what was the writing process for the record like? And how do you, do you feel like still to me that experience into it? Because it certainly changes the way that I see some of my favorite songs on there. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's funny because the songs that seemed, first of all, thank you very much for saying those things. I'm flattered. Um, that means a lot. I mean, especially in death metal, I don't need to tell you how, uh, I think all too often, uh, the conversation is, uh, 
is usurped by riffs and blast beats and i believe i love riffs and blast beats man like i live for that shit but i and i I will talk about it three hours a day but i but it's um you know it's we're still in a i don't know if it's just the innate machismo of the medium but there's this kind of rejection of extreme metal as an art form and i think people get kind of like "Eh," about it or like it's fucking it's fucking just brutal you know whatever and it's like it is and it isn't you know and i think that uh it's what you put into it and for me death metal was such a was such a i mean black and death metal for me growing up was a set you know a secular religion i mean it's really um it get fed me it it provided me a lot of strength in very formative and and turbulent times in my life and it made sense of uh, it reflected a world that wasn't reflected in other mediums that i had encountered and uh for me moving forward with vitriol a big the 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 primary motivating factor was distilling that real emotional investment in what the extreme metal can do in terms of evoking some existential you know i without getting too wooey like or sidetracked like i uh with on the subject of hate eternal and how much the music eric rutan's music and and approach to guitar and songwriting resonated with me when i monarch came out specifically that album just consumed me there was something there was this kind of unspoken truth that was really tangible to me about the album and when i had the opportunity to meet him on tour i was extremely nervous because you know i've i'm a pretty cynical dude and 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 I, I'm always concerned about meeting your heroes. And uh, he did not disappoint, man. I mean, he was just the fucking man. And he, uh, we talked and I remember like there was real validation in the magic I found in this music in my conversations with him and my conversations with Carl was specifically with Eric and I, how much, how much kinship we unearthed in in our upbringing in our lifestyle in how we moved through the world growing up and it became so clear to me that these aspects of his work that were resonating with a siren song so to speak that was in his work that wasn't just some adolescent heavy metal romanticism you know what i mean like i was really hearing something substantive that's woven into the fabric of what he does that reflected my life experience in like really nuanced ways, you know, like the dissonance, the, just the unbridled chaos, you know, all of these things that just felt, um, it's cool, man. It's a really cool experience. And as far as the, 
to circle back to your question more directly about how the that experience influenced my writing when i look at songs like victim uh that would really close more you, you could think of a song like that and be like oh that was clearly influenced by this sort of struggle but i actually wrote the lyrics to that song a lot of that material was written before this whole experience um and vitriol actually served as spoke with the guys in my band that i made vitriol as a uh as a kind of auxiliary paternal figure kind of helps keep me accountable. Like a lot of the lyrics are of course very harsh, um, but there are things that I needed to hear, you know, like that's, that was the catalyst for those, you know, it was me rejecting the victim in myself. It was me, you know, the rope calls you brother is this really sobering view of the futility of that solution and that's for me you know what I mean as much as it is for anyone else so those were things that through past experiences in my life inspired those lyrics and having those lyrics and that music while I was going through that process really helped me I mean I can't like lyrics to victim and things like that i'm like i can't get up on stage like being authentic is is paramount for me in whatever way i can you know you're not always going to nail it uh but i was like i can't i knew by writing these songs i i would have i'd have to walk the walk because the beauty of this genre is like we're a bunch of sour motherfuckers and we don't tolerate it when people are faking it. You know what I mean? And it's like, they'll just chew you up and spit you out. So I was like, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I I think that that being willing to do that kind of soul bearing um, in your music in a genre that does have sort of that reputation for, even though there is their reputation for not taking any bullshit, right? There are a lot of really convenient places to hide in death metal as well. Um, And I think that sort of the option that you went with um, just to to really imbue this emotional payload into these songs, I think really goes against a lot of the things about death metal that I find stagnant, right? Even though I love, I love fucking blast beats, right? I I, I live for this shit and I, I have been for a very long time, but at the same time, there is an, an inherent conservatism, I think, in the ideology behind death metal that is kind of ironic or, um, I don't know, paradoxical when you think about yeah. the, the impetus for this genre to begin with was a push toward extremity, right? Like, how yeah. do we make that progress? How do we go beyond whatever these boundaries that we see in front of us are right now? And I think that sonically, in a lot of, you know, we, we've had some crazy fucking music in this genre right um technical death metal especially you've had so much innovation obviously there's going to be more places to go but i think that what you're doing in vitriol by really sort of shifting focus of the extremity towards the lyrics in a way that is much more extreme than just songs about like fucking committing violence or whatever these are songs that are um personal and i think that that vulnerability has strength in it that we don't see a whole lot of in this genre yeah thank you I think that's a very astute observation about how our genre has failed to to push 
in that direction. But I think it it just kind of follows with the the singular nature of death metal. I mean, in that like, you know, if you think of, I always thought of death metal as being the body and black metal being the spirit, you know, where it's like death metal is very primal. It's very physical. It's the, it's the flesh, it's the bones. And there's always been for better or for worse, this rejection of this. Um, it seems unable to reconcile the, uh, the emotionality of the human experience into its message because it just seems i think for a lot of people it seems very contradictory to the you know especially when the narrative is all about you know caveman this you know knuckle drag that you know so it's like that's kind of the whole mo and i don't fault death metal for that you know, it's a reason why Vitriol is like a blackened death metal band. Like I, I respect the compartmentalization, but it's that's also what brings me to what what draws me to the the black metal sphere of things is that that's a place where is much more you know introspection, self reflection, um, sadness, futility. All of these things aren't true. And that's where you get the, 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 you know, the endless dichotomy between the, the wimpy black metal emo guys and the jacked fucking, you know, whatever death metal dudes, you know, it's like, whatever we can all, we can all, you know, and for me, I'm, I'd like to be both of those guys, you know, I'm, you know, like, I'd like to be a, a bit of a planeswalker in that way. I just love, I love it all and I'm as angry as I am sad most of the time. So it just makes sense for me. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense stylistically to see you pull from those two different places, given sort of what it is that you're trying to do with the band. And that that brings me to another question. A lot of times I was, I was talking with Zach about this before we got on. A lot of times we'll bring musicians that we admire onto the show. And I, being a fucking nerd, I'm, I'm always very curious curious about the creation of art right and and I'll often find myself asking sort of especially if I'm looking at a band who had some sort of major stylistic shift between one release and the next or something like that I'll say was there some sort of of mission statement you know was there something that you guys are trying to accomplish with this and more often than not the answer is no we just got into a room and whatever happened happened and I respect that right I respect the the organic nature of that happening Mm -hmm. but one of the things that struck me about to bathe from the throat of cowardice Um, especially given, you know, some interviews that I've read with you, uh, my own sort of investigation into the lyrics is that this is a very purposed album. Um, You seem, you seem like there, you seem like there was very much a plan going into this. Um, Is that accurate? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, to, to, to the great chagrin of my bandmates and, (laughs) can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I, um, well, I started out, uh, man, I was playing music. I don't think it's a very uncommon story. I just think the, the extent to which I took it was, in, in hindsight, pretty extreme. Like, I didn't really know what I was 
getting myself into. I didn't, I had no fucking idea it was going to take as long as it did to get what I needed to hear to manifest the shit I wanted to hear. Um, But I, you know, I spent time playing heavy music with other people and in different bands. And um, it was just, I had this, this dizziness artistic dizziness where I'm just like, I just can't. There's, um, I don't know how to put it, man. It's like, sorry for not being more concise today. Dude, but, no, uh, please. This, uh, is, this is the meat. Big question. <laughs> yeah. Um, <sighs> I, it, it's the, the easiest place to start is that I just, it's hard to, the hardest thing that it is for me to convince people at this point, what I'm discovering as I get more visible, as I hear more celebration and derision from, from the outside world, you know, from the people that don't know me personally. And it seems like the common thread that, that is the most suspect about me is just kind of my intensity, right? And I don't really know how to explain it to people, but I just, I, I fell in love with this shit. You know what I mean? Like I fell in love with this shit, you know, and it, like, it was everything to me, you know, from, uh, uh, from as early as I can remember, you know, it, it was, it's not that I, I, you know, I'm a pretty eclectic guy in my listening, but it was always metal was always the thing. And, uh, it was when you when you love something that deeply and you feel like you owe so much to something that seriously i mean the i wanted to i just had this kind of like familial oblig this just kind of like this outpouring of gratitude and passion and love for this thing that i'm like i need to i need to be a part of this conversation and I need to show it exactly how much I care about it. And I can only do that by, by leaving no, by leaving no stone left unturned, you know? And especially when I was younger, I was very dreamy and romantic. And I, I romanticized the idea of the, the suffering artist. I studied what they did and, you know, and I just fucking, really didn't let myself off the hook and I was like I I knew that I wanted to hear something you know I remember when I was like a teenager and I was talking to a buddy of mine that was listening to some metal with me and I'm like man I'm like man when I start a band I'm gonna have like I'm like, I'm going to have like the black metal parts of Naglfar with like the high vocals and shit. And I'm going to have like the nasty vocals of like devourment. And I'm going to do like blast beats and I'm going to do fucking breakdowns. And I do fucking like, I don't know why all these people just don't put all this shit in there, man. It's all this shit's sick. And I remember like, I have that, that mission statement hasn't changed since I was like 14. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's, yeah. uh, you know, you, it, well, you, you find so much, um, you know, specifically on the full length, there's so many twists and turns, you know, sort of skating through different aspects of the genre and back again. And, and it's, it's very clearly a love letter, right? Um, awesome. from, a, from a musical standpoint. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think that I think that the lyrics also sort of add to that in a way that 
not only makes it more sincere, but that also, like I said, I, I keep coming back to this and I hate to repeat myself, but, but when I see music that is this dense and technical um, and aggressive, right, um, that is accompanied by lyrics that are introspective and hungry and open and honest, like those two things, one of the things that struck me about the record is how that seemed contradictory to me. And then immediately afterwards, how that should be bad. Like if, if these <laughs> if these two things don't seem to go yeah. together that well, that's not cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the the part of me that like, you know, worships emotion and fucking listens to, you know, I, I love I want to hear a motherfucker talk about hating God all day long. Like that shit's oh, yeah. cool to me. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like to be able to really find something that I can latch onto and resonate personally with. And then also that has enough room to breathe that you can sort of take these lyrics and make them your own. Um, that, that to me is rare in the genre. Right. And I, 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 I'm sure that I'm going to continue to say this shit the entire time, but Zach knows I was fucking super nervous about this because I love the record so much, but like I, I am, I am, it's very, it's very gratifying to know um that this was as much a labor of love and intensity as I sort of assumed it was from from the listener aspect. So thank you very much for that. Oh, thank you, man. I mean, I I fucking killed myself with that thing and almost killed poor Adam, dragging him along, <laughs> rewriting everything 600 times. And, you know, I think a uh, 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 way to button up the mission statement for uh, I knew I wanted something that scratched every itch and that reflected my, that made you feel as angry as I felt. I didn't realize that at the time. It's something that almost in hindsight, I went to therapy during COVID and that's helped a lot. And, um, but uh, uh, yeah, awesome. It's uh, so a lot of that was this just like explosion of fucking just uh, God, there's a lot of negativity in that album and there's undertone. I mean, it's like constructive negativity in that it's like it's good. The duality of the band name, too. It's the, the vitriol, uh, the um, the refining through suffering. And uh, looking back on that album, I'm like, man, you know, you, you get enough distance from something and you work on something, you focus on a goal for long enough. And once you achieve it, you get some emotional distance from it. You get some chronological distance from it. And you can ask yourselves like, okay, why did I do that? Why did I could have done anything? I could have wrote an album about going to the beach. I could have wrote an album about fucking it, you know, anything. Why did I write a song about this, an album about that? And um, it was really it was an exorcism of, of, um, of rumination and of purifying with, uh, um, tough love, you know, <laughs> it's like, so vitriol is kind of, uh, you know, it's not obvious to everyone, but I'd say that the, hopefully this, the mad, the hidden magic in vitriol is, uh, it's unconventional message of love, you know, and I, it's weird, but it's funny you say it, it reads like a love letter because I've referred to it as that 
on multiple occasions interpersonally and uh specifically the song violence a worthy truth i refer to that song as a love song uh, I see that yeah that's uh you know and it's it's cool because it's it's helped me uh i know i i know what direction the uh I mean, I already have the track list and the album title for the next album uh, done and uh, eight songs written. Um, so it's it's definitely going to be a I'm really excited if you're if you if you were satisfied by the level of vulnerability and honesty, uh, you'll be happy to know that I've just kind of doubled down in that going on tour with a band like meeting people i i met a guy one of the first shows we did on the first u.s tour he came out and he's like man victim helped me kick my pill habit you know he's like i he's like i listen to that i put on that music video the first thing every fucking morning and he's like i watched that video like three to six times a day and and he didn't even know you know like that that was and it was it's that kind of shit where it's like responsibility just falls in your lap you know and then you 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 either are in my opinion irresponsible and you don't you reject it or you ignore it you say it's not my job or uh you know you uh you show up where you can show up and i think it's just so cool the idea to be able to uh to be able to indulge in, in a medium that's so caustic and destructive and help people. I think that's so fucking cool, man. So it really I'm hoping is. we can keep doing that. Yeah. So, um, and it, yeah. No, please go ahead. No, I wasn't. I don't think I even had anything to say. <laughs> well, since you, since you bring up the next record, um, I was going to ask sort of what, you know, and now that, now that we know a little bit more of what the timeline was for the first record that you sort of went into the majority of these songs before, you know, being hospitalized, obviously before COVID, you know, the record came out well before that. Um, what sort of, what has, what has writing another record in the COVID era been like for you? How, how has that sort of changed your process? Like, were you, were you uh, sort of secluded like the rest of us? Did you ever get to do any sort of shit together with the band? Like, what was the process putting the record together for you? Like, the new record? It was much more isolated. I mean, the first album was really isolated. I mean, I wrote, I wrote all that material just yeah. by myself and then we got it, you know, got, got people together. But the, uh, this album, it's not that the writing process was necessarily more isolated, but I was more isolated in general. So that definitely like combing through, uh, it's definitely dark, darker. Uh, and in that, that, um, we're actually doing some tuning on the uh, vibes, this, you know, of the, the balance, you know, you kind of brought up the duality of the first album and that was intentional. And we want to make sure that duality is present. You know, I think the uh, isolation certainly caused me to lean a little bit more into my meditative black metal influences. Um, and uh so there's a lot more of that 
sonic landscape, not necessarily like more in terms of vibe, you know? Um, uh, but so that was surprising to me. That wasn't intentional. And then it was about six songs, seven songs in is when we realized I showed some material to some close friends and they're like, man, this is fucking uh, radically different, you know, not in, not in a, uh, which I was surprised to hear. Um, but uh, the, the response was positive. Uh, I of course only talk to people I trust to rip my fucking nuts off. If, if, if it's not good, um, I'm very fortunate to have people in my life that'll do that. Uh, so I'm very excited about what we have going. I think it is a true, um, I, let me put it this way. I've, I've had the most flattering question so far I've received <laughs> was one of the first interviews. Someone's like, are you worried? I think it was metal hammers. They were like, are you worried that uh, you wrote too good of a debut album? <laughs> I was what? like, they're like, where, like, it's like, it's, it's, too, it sounds like a third album, you know? And I'm like, it was, but, but what a lot of people don't appreciate is that those first and second albums were effectively written. You know, it's like, we just worked behind the scenes, right? We toiled behind the scenes going back to earlier in the conversation, we were talking about making sure it was ready, you know, being very, very focused, not wanting to grow in the public eye, not wanting to workshop in the public eye, because that can really, first impressions are everything. There's a big reason why we didn't um, promote the, uh, the Antichrist EP from 2012, because while we are happy with it, actually, I'll give you a little exclusive tidbit here. Adam and I are going in tomorrow to retrack vocals for the Antichrist EP. No and shit. we're going to re- we're going to release it as a uh, limited seven inch. Holy shit. See, I like I wanted to ask about that, but I wasn't yeah. sure. Like, I know that you you drew a very firm line between what yeah. you did before vitriol and vitriol. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I, I was aware, like, especially when you look at a band's timeline and you say these motherfuckers have been together since 2012 and they put out their first record in 2019, like that tells me that there was a whole lot going on behind the scenes. At least yeah. that's the way I looked at it. Right. Yeah. Um, and one of the questions that I that I that I wanted to ask once we got you to come on, I was like, I, I really want to know why that those three songs sort of what feels like kind of abandoned. Right. Because mm-hmm. I thought they fucking ripped. Um, Thank you but very much. So, so to hear, you know, that, that those are things that you still take ownership of and that you're happy with and that you're going to go back and, and do something with is really, really exciting, man. Um, because awesome. like one of the first things everybody wants to do when they hear the record, I was talking to my buddy Chris about this, is like, where's, where's the other shit that these guys have done, right? So now to know that there's three more songs, um, even if they're yeah. older songs, I think that's going to be yeah. a lot of fun, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it was... For me, I really appreciate that uh, positive reinforcement about the material. Um, for me, I, I, I really did honestly feel um, unhappy. I was too close to the material and I was still still stewing in the anguish of not producing the exact sound I wanted to produce. And now I've achieved the catharsis of putting it out. The album's been out for two years. People know that's vitriol. 
right? Like that job is done. You know, that yes. first EP, like when we did the first EP, pain, the second EP, excuse me, pain will define their death. Uh, that's when I'm like, fucking there it is. That's our sound. You know what I mean? It's really congested. It's really fucking, there's like a kind of fire in there that I, that was missing. And maybe not necessarily the songwriting on that first EP, but definitely the production for me. Um, and uh, I just wanted something that was just a little more um, rough around the edges uh, in terms of uh, ferocity. And so I kept that kind of at a distance just for the sake of establishing the, the vitriol name. And now that that has happened, I definitely have a healthier relationship with the material off the Antichrist EP. I definitely look back at them fondly. I mean, even Adam and I were going over the lyrics and I'm like, man, these are still fucking good, you know? And uh, uh, I actually got, it was through some uh, just enthusiasm from fans and actually, you know what, you know who really, another inside scoop, uh, the guy you can really thank for making this happen uh, is uh, Anastasis from Dead Congregation, the front man of Dead Congregation, because he reached out to me um, because he saw me in some photos wearing a Dead Congregation shirt. And he reached out to me in an email, shared some very kind words, uh, told me he picked up the album uh and he was like man you ever do anything with the antichrist ep that shit's fucking great and i was like man if he likes it i gotta do something that's all i need <laughs> you know, like, like i love that i love that and i think promulgation of the fall is like the death metal out like the contemporary death metal fucking sound uh and so to get that kind of validation on that material was cool you know, I was young. Yeah. I was fucking young when I did that. You know, not as young as some guys, but I was like 20, 21 yeah. when I did that. So it was, I was less confident. I did, you know, uh, but it's cool and it's going to be coming out through, uh, I'm sure I can say this. I'm sure he he's a friend. So if he gets mad, whatever, <laughs> uh, through uh, total dissonance worship, my buddy Simon's uh, uh, vinyl uh, uh, label he does vinyl and cassettes so it's going to be a little limited run through them but dude that's exciting um that was not one of the things i expected to hear tonight so like that's cool and awesome. thank you for talking about it here for the first time i really appreciate yeah it. absolutely um dude i uh I'm a I'm a polite enough guy, you know, and and when you when you I guess we're podcast hosts now, Zach, which is a fucking weird thing to think when you sure. when you host something right you you have you have a certain sort of demeanor that you that you have with people. Um, and I, I, I just wanted to make sure to get across um, how much I really enjoy the record. This is not me blowing smoke up anybody's ass. This uh, came for me at a very important time. I've told many people. Um, with whatever platform I have, I do think this is the best death metal debut I've ever heard. I'm 37. Oh, I've been man. listening to this music since the 90s. Um, oh. But I, uh, I just, I, I wanted to get that out there. I think this is probably the most I've ever punished anybody on this podcast. And so I want to thank you very much for oh, being man, yeah. light and for being kind and bearing with that. And it's always really cool. Like you said, it's dangerous to kind of meet the people whose art you admire because it can it can fall flat but you 
you seem like a stand-up dude and I feel really good about how how much I like your record so thank you very much for that that means a lot man I thank you I, thank I'm you. very touched thank you well, honestly the, and and all of that aside as we move into the end of the podcast man we got to get way more important now than anything else that we've talked about so far way this more is, important this is this is the most important question that we ask anybody on this podcast it closes every single one of them i personally can't fucking wait to hear what your answer is zach would you hit the man you want me to do it i want you to do it i fucking bulldozed you the entire hour like an asshole oh my god did we lose him again oh no 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 can you hear me yeah yes we can, we can hear you okay I, I okay there we go i'm back okay go ahead. yeah no I, zach I, I feel bad i fucking trampled you again man but i I, I, I don't dare step in your crossfire, but I will back him, Kyle, and say that this is the most he's ever punished anybody on this podcast <laughs> for over years. I, I, I feel, if it, if it makes you feel any better, I feel like the punisher. I, I feel like I'm a bit of a rambler today. I apologize for that. No, no, no not at all. This is... I, will you come back on? Can we, do a, can we do a part two or something, man? Because you're, you're a wealth, dude. Like, oh, I'd love it. That would be great, dude. Like, a lot, of what, a lot of what I know I didn't say I love that. It this whole time. I was just letting it know, <laughs> but uh, a lot of what you said really resonated with me on, on a deep level. And I think you're, you're, awesome. you seem like a pretty fucking amazing dude. And there's a great story there uh-huh. that I, I'd like to, I'd like to uncover a little bit more. So I would love for you to come I'd love that. again. I'd love that. I'd love that. Thank you. It was Thank a very you. good experience. Cool, man. Well, that being said, what's your favorite Black Sabbath album? Oh, Masters of Reality. So done. I like a guy that knows. You yeah. know, we, a lot yeah. of people have to marinate on this question. Master of Reality. But I, to be honest, man, I, I have to blaspheme a little bit. They, they were, they were never like a hugely formative band for me. Okay. You know, like I kind of skipped over Black Sabbath and went straight into Ozzy. Okay. You know, that, I did that. That I think so. Though, like. It, makes for a more interesting story right like you've got so many people are fucking weaned on black sabbath right Uh, my dad put me on black sabbath when i was a kid but like to hear somebody who sort of came into music at a a more extreme or developed sort of point in metal history go back and listen to it and talk about how they appreciate it um that to me is is just as interesting it's not blasphemy at all man it's really it's really cool actually cool yeah i i had a uh, keep keep going too long but i yeah i had a very fortunate experience of having a stepfather my mother robbed the cradle a little bit and i had a very young stepfather who was in slayer and testament and exodus and so like i it was actually pretty hard for me to go back and you know like i skipped over punk i skipped over the, the but i once i really fell in love with the art and the culture associated with it and the story like you know I did my homework like any good metalhead well, <laughs> and found what first, I liked, but what was the first album that really did it for you then? Like heavy metal wise, what was like the gateway? Kill them all. No shit. Hands down. Awesome. Oh, I remember, I remember the smell of my carpet. I remember the color of the fucking shitty little boom box in my living room. I remember, I mean, it's one of my most vivid early memories hearing four horsemen. I had, I had a dad, my stepdad was very passionate. He taught me how to consume art music passionately. And uh, we sat in front of that boom box and he talked to me about how that song was great and why that song was great. So and 
it was so cool. And I just, I was like, from that moment, I'm like, I want to, when I heard the guitar solo, I'm like, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm going to do. That's awesome. And I did. Should have started there, man. <laughs> what, a, what an origin story, dude. That's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on, man. We appreciate yeah, your time. Thank you so much. Uh, looking forward to hearing more from you. Absolute best of luck. We didn't talk about anything regarding like touring shit like that. I don't know what's going on for you guys in the future, but I hope whatever it is, is, is looking good. Um, Thanks. It is. We got a few things. Awesome. 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 Can't wait to hear about it. And I would certainly love to meet you in person one day, man. Get past that first base. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right, I'll be, I'll be bothering <laughs> you to come back. Take it home. Cool. Thanks again, yeah. man. Have a good night. Come back and see us. Do please do. I'm around. Bye. Boom. God damn it. What a good dude. He's an insanely good dude, man. Like, what I an intense good. dude as well. Like that, that's I an authentic seriously. motherfucker right there. I seriously am going, I'm going to get him back on. Like, I really do want to talk to him. You, like, yeah. yeah. You need, you need to get him on just the fucking death comes living. I, I think that thing. Okay. Are you, are you cool with that? I don't want you to be like, no, dude, absolutely. Like I would love to hear if, if I'm there, all I'm going to do is fucking bug the shit out of that guy about his record. But it seems like there's a lot more of a life story there that would be really good for, for a solo cast. Totally. I mean, even if it's, if it's part two of this and I, it's just like, he's that story. There's something there, dude, you know, for yeah. sure. With his, 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 uh, you know, he, he said at the beginning, he used to lift a lot, you know, he's in the gym a lot, lost a hundred pounds in the fucking hospital, like the whole comeback thing, the, just the way he appreciates art and the way he talks about it, dude, there's a lot with that guy that we could talk. I really fucking enjoy talking. Like, I feel like, I feel like he'd be friends with us for sure. Like, <laughs> you know what that I mean? would be, that would be, I would love to be friends with him. We'll okay. see, man. Um, and I don't know. Do, I, I, he resonated with me really heavily. For dude, when you get him on, I, I can't wait to fucking listen to that. That's going to be awesome. What a good dude. What a great. good night. This was a great evening podcast, dude. I'm going to go to bed feeling fucking awesome. You and me both, man. We will talk again soon. Peace out. Yeah, man. Do we have anything scheduled? Don't think that we have anything else on the schedule right now. I got cool. somebody else um, who is lined up, but uh, I'll shoot you an email. Yeah, man. All right. Well, have a fucking awesome Memorial Day weekend, bro. To you, my dude. Love you. Peace out. Love you.